This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. Awesome. So, we're continuing with our series. It is Hidden Heroes. I opted to do the mic and not that, uh, that uh, cordless, not, what's a, that, they, that, that one that they put over their ears and yeah, because I, I break it. I tend to break it. I'm, I'm not lucky with that one. So we're doing heroes. And um, I don't know about you, but my concept of heroes when I grew up was it was this superhero that bullets bounced off of him. You know what? He was fighting the bad guys. And, and he, was, uh, he had all these superpowers. And he, he would always save people. And... Um, uh, I had my mom make a costume because back in the day there was something like the swart cut. I don't know who remembered the swart cut. Yeah, that we, we, you can see my age if you, <laughs> you know what the swart cut is. So I, I remember my mom, uh, my friend had a costume. Uh, they bought it and my mom, we didn't have enough money, so my mom made one for me. I was looking, but my, my friend, he, he had the closed mouth and he just had the eyes open. My mom made this whole... And, and, and I asked him, Mom, um, my, my costume doesn't look right. He said, no, it's because you're always wearing it. Even when you eat, I have to cut a hole for the, the eating. So I was, I was crazy about uh, the swart cut. And then later on, we had Superman coming. And me and my friends, we decided to put a mattress outside. And I'm sure a lot of guys did this as well. Mattress outside, get on the roof, get jumping on that until uh, Mom came home. And then it was the end of that. So that, that, was, that was just my story about the, the superheroes. Now, thinking of unlikely heroes and uh, hidden heroes, we're doing Stephen. And I was thinking, okay, a hero, because that's the concept that the world has of a hero. What superpowers does Stephen have? What, who did he save? Now let's see, let's go to the, let's go to the word together. And let's go to Acts 6. So we don't know a lot about Stephen, but we have Acts chapter 6 and Acts chapter 7. So let's read Acts chapter 6 verse 1. And it says, In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered... uh, all the disciples together and said, I would, uh, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn, uh, we will, we will turn this responsibilities over to them and give uh, our attention to prayer and to ministry of the word. The proposal went good. Then they said, they chose Stephen. I don't know, is the scriptures at the back? Can you guys see the scriptures? Not. Okay. So they chose Stephen. So here's our hero. Ta-da! Here enters Stephen. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. They chose Philip, the rest of them. I'm sure the, the scriptures are there. They presented them, uh, these men, to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. Okay, so Stephen was one of the first, he was one of the first deacons. 
That's where we see Stephen. What we know about Stephen is he was full of faith. He was full of the Spirit and wisdom. That's, that's superpowers, if you look at it that way. So this was Stephen. So let's continue. Verse 7. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. So right here, this is where the Lord showed me why Stephen is a hero. Because superheroes, they are concentrating on what we do here on earth and our time here on earth and saving people here. Stephen was focusing on eternity. He knew something, that his life is not his own. So let's, uh, I, I want to do a quick illustration, if I can ask someone to just help me. So I saw this once. I'm going to hold on to this. Potty, if you can, if you can, no, I'm not going to pull this rope. I'm going to lose here against Potty. <laughs> Come on, track him. Okay, let's, let's pull this entire rope out. I made it tough for you. Sorry, man. That's, okay. So now let, let's look. Everyone can see this little blue piece here that I have. So this is a, a rope quite long. Let's imagine this is a timeline. I saw, I think Francis Chan did do this illustration once. Um, let's, let's say this is a timeline. This little blue here, this is our time on earth. The rest there, just imagine eternity. We are so focused on what's being done in this little blue piece here. When the rest of eternity weighs in the balance. Now, look, eternity is, it will go on forever. That's eternity. But this is just a small illustration just to, to, to see what's happening here. Uh, C.T. Studd used this quote once, and he said, only one life, it will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Only one life, it will soon pass. It's small. Only what's done for Christ will last. Last week, I realized this. There was about three people who was buried last week. The whole city was, they were traumatized. The one was a young man that was beaten to death. Uh, another was a father that was uh, killed in his house. There was quite a lot of people, but this, I, I know about this because I, I sat in one of the funerals. And the other one was a, was a small boy. See, we have such a small time here on earth. Last year, my, my father, last year, this time, my father died as well. And it was unexpectedly. All of a sudden, he just had a heart attack. You don't plan it, but it happens. Because our time here on earth is so short. Looking at all of eternity. And our decisions that we make here depends what happens all of eternity. So let's continue. Let's continue with the story. Let's see if our hero has any... Other superpowers. So Acts 6, verse 8. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. 
great wonders in science. And as in every movie or superhero story, the villains enter. Verse 9. Then opposition arose. The Sanhedrin, <laughs> the, the synagogue arose. So what happened here? They didn't like what he was saying. And, uh, and uh, they, they, they gathered false witnesses against Stephen. Verse 10 says that Stephen, but they could not stand up against the wisdom of the spirit God gave him. So, even, even if opposition arise, arises against you, the Holy Spirit's got your back. If you are standing up for Him, He's going to give you the words in your mouth. He's going to help you speak. And uh, in front of the whole Sanhedrin, Stephen, I'm not going to read all of that, but Stephen, Stephen then started showing to them that Israel, they rejected all their leaders right through. When Moses came, Israel rejected him. When the prophets came, they rejected the prophets. When Jesus came, they rejected him and they crucified him. And as he said that, they stoned him. They decided to stone him. They pulled him outside and they decided to stone him. Because what he said was the truth. Acts 7 verse 59 says, While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, Receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold the sin against them. Do not hold the sin against them. That sounds like Jesus. That's what Jesus did. He was showing them Jesus. So instead of being the superhero that blasts them with his superpowers and fight them, he humbly forgave them. And said, Lord, forgive them. It's a tough one. He knew something that superheroes of this earth or the movies or Hollywood doesn't know. That our life is not our own. Our life is not our own. What we do here on earth determines the rest of eternity. Stephen became... He became one of the first martyrs. He was stoned there, and the disciples were so afraid after that, they started running. They were, they were going out of Jerusalem. They were going to Samaria. They were going to Judea. And then from there, out to the ends of the earth. So that's how the gospel started. The gospel spread because of Stephen being stoned. The disciples got complacent as well. Just thinking of martyrs, um, I, I once heard Greg Gareth speak about this book, Fox's Book of Martyrs. I don't know if you guys heard of this book. Yeah, you, uh, you have to read chapter for chapter and just pause because it's quite tough. Because we don't know what it is to be a martyr. We don't know what they went through in the beginning, even today, in India, in China, People are being persecuted for their faith. So the martyrs, he spoke about this. I'm going to read it, uh, just, a, just a small portion. It's about a couple of people that lived in 202 AD. Perpetua, 
a young mother of 22 years of age and a servant eight months pregnant were arrested for attending Bible study class. Bible study, because well, they, were, they were doing the word together. On the day of execution, the men were, taking, were taken first. Among them were Saturus, the Bible study leader. He stopped at the gate for one last word of testimony with prudence, the prison governor. Now, this prison governor, this prison governor later turned to Christ and also became a martyr. So as he's going into the arena to be killed, he decides to stop for one more time and just minister to him, just share the word again. I wouldn't think of, of that while I was going to my death. I, I, I don't know what I would have done. So in the arena, okay, so in the, in the arena, there was a leopard, a bear, and a wild boar. Astaturus was being mangled by a beast. Spectators shouted and said, he is well baptized because of his courage. The spectators could see his courage. The ladies, and I'm sorry, this is, this is graphical. The ladies were put in an arena with a mad heifer. It's a, it's a mad bull. In the arena, Perpetua cried out to grieving friends that were spectators. Give out the word to the brothers and sisters. Stand firm and love one another. Do not let our suffering become a stumbling block to you. This was the faith that they had. And I'm, I'm thinking of this, and I'm, I'm thinking, martyrs, we are so easy to make, to make statements saying that, Lord, I will die for you. But we don't read the Bible in the mornings. We, it's, it's just too tough. We say things like, Lord, I will give you my life. All of it. It's yours. And when it comes to tithing, no, I worked very hard for this money. I'm not going to tithe. <laughs> yes, this is my help. This is my help. We make statements like, Lord, and I'm, I'm myself, I'm, I'm guilty of this, guys. I'm guilty of this myself. I'm not condemning you. <laughs> it's just so contradicting what we say sometimes. We make statements like, Lord, I will tell people about you. But... I don't invite my colleagues to church. I don't share the word at the workplace. Sometimes we are these undercover ninja Christians. Because <laughs> it's such a secret. We can't tell people we are Christians. Because <laughs> it's, it's it might offend them. The stone that the builders rejected is a stumbling block. So this story about the martyrs and the, and the early church, there was this Christian father, Tertullian, that said, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. Why did he say that? Because you could see all these people in the arena being brutally sacrificed, killed. And... The Roman leaders, they were under the impression that, hey, that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make them, we're going to cast fear in them. We're going to make them scared. And then they'll stop and, 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 and people will go back to the idols. 
to the Roman gods that, that there's nothing but just a, a board or a plank. But they could see, the people could see there's something real and someone that's a mother, 22 years old, or there's a, a servant that was eight months pregnant during that, not giving up, Jesus, but standing up for their faith. People could see that, and they became Christians, because there's something real in a real God, a live God, ever alive, ever present. So what am I saying? Baptist, what are you saying? Are you saying we should all go to China and become martyrs? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is <laughs> maybe the Lord is putting it on your heart to pray for someone. Let's start there. Maybe the Lord is putting it on your heart to forgive that friend and show him Jesus. Stephen did, and he was stoned to death. He had an open heart. He forgave. Maybe the Lord is telling you to invite that one person to church. Maybe, maybe start with praying for that family member or that loved one that you know they need Jesus. Jesus is the answer. Guys, do not forget the power of prayer. My mom and grandmother prayed for me when I went off the rail in, in high school. And they would, lo they would let me know every day, hey, we're praying for you. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that they were praying for me. And I just continued with the life that I was living then. Because it was fun, man. It was, that's, the, that's, that's how my friends, I, I want to be in. I want to be one of them. And I really messed up a lot. But I know today there's power in prayer. That's why I'm here today. I almost died twice. <laughs> Smashed the car, rolled, well, didn't roll it, I, yeah, <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> so let's, let's focus on prayer. Revival starts because of prayer. I don't know if they can show me a picture of the, the Hebedeans revival. There was two old ladies one is 84-year-old and the one is 82-year-old. Oh, yes, I wanted you guys to see this picture. Please, whenever you can get it up. There we go. There we go. Here we go. 82 and 84-year-old ladies. And uh, Duncan Campbell is the, the minister in the, in the middle. So what they did, they were deeply concerned of their village because there were no young people in the church. And they said, listen, things are just going going worse. We need to make this an earnest matter of prayer. These two young, old ladies, 84 and 82 years old, two sisters, and they were blind as bats. Sorry, that doesn't sound good. That, they were blind. So they, 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 they couldn't always make it to church, but they decided to pray because that's what they can do. So they earnestly started praying. They, they, they decided um, from 10 till 4 in the morning, they were praying. On those old knees, kneeling down, praying, they can do it, we can do it. They decided to pray, and as they were praying, they had the scripture come in their hearts, saying, and it's Isaiah 44, verse 3, for I will pour water on him who is thirsty, and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants, and my blessing on your offspring. 
And they said, Lord, where's the young people? Lord, where's the people in church? What's happening to this, this village? And one of them got this picture of, yeah, there we go, there's Isaiah 44. One of them got this picture of young people just running to Jesus. The church is being overcrowded that they couldn't close the doors because there were so many seats being carried in. And as they said, as they say, the rest were all history. Duncan Campbell came on the scene, and as he, as, as he, he said he wasn't the one that brought the revival. It was the people that were hungry. As he started preaching, there was a, there was a, a rave. It, was, it wasn't a rave, it was a dance. We ravers now recently, we called it that. Um, so it was a dance. And in that dance, it was a school dance. All of a sudden, just music stopped. And these guys were just, the spirit compelled them to run to church. And they ran to church. They were running. The one teacher fell down at the, uh, at, at, in front, and she was just crying. She said, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, forgive me. This heart of repentance just came over all of a sudden. He didn't know what to do. All these people were coming all of a sudden. And they just felt compelled. There was no one announcing, hey, church is happening. or They just felt compelled. It was the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, people all over from other villages started flooding in because they were hungry. There was this sense of holiness, of, Lord, we need to repent. We need to make our lives right. They started flooding in. Duncan Campbell tells a story of um, three o'clock in the morning, the one he was walking there's just people in the middle of the field on their knees just repenting praying said jesus jesus we need you jesus we need you and then he's walking and he sees three o'clock in the morning there's lights on almost in every room in every uh, in, in every house people are busy reading the word people are busy praying because that's what the holy spirit does that's what revival does. And Lord Jesus, I pray, about, I pray for that. All of this happened because two old ladies decided to push in. Two old ladies said, this is enough. I don't want this. We don't want this. We're going to push in. I want to just pray for our young people. Who is between the ages of okay, uh, 14 and 23? Who is here? I just feel afterwards, if I can just pray with you guys at the end of the celebration, if you want to, if you don't want to, I just pray that God is stirring something in you because you are the leaders, you are the next generation. Lord, I pray for our young people. I pray that we gather the city, Lord. We, I pray that they flood to you, Lord Jesus, that they run to you, Jesus, because you are the answer. I pray for such a revival in this city, a hunger for you, Lord. For young people to stand up. Amen, Lord. Priyanka, I see you are in front of a burning bush, just like Moses were. And I see God's telling you to speak. And you're saying, I, maybe not me, I don't have the words. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm too young. Maybe, no. God says, I have chosen you. I am going to send you people. 
But at the end of the day, just like Moses, you are going to speak. Lord, I pray for that. And I pray, Lord, that you break through in our young people. You raise up leaders, Lord Jesus, all over the city. Okay, so where were we? We were at Duncan Campbell. Um, uh, happened. The two ladies. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Miss Track. Guys, Christmas is coming. And uh, this time of year, we have a lot of family members, or we might be going out giving presents to people that we don't know. This is the time of giving. Christ came, and he was the best present we ever, we ever could imagine. For us to freely give him because we freely received is our mandate. We have that family member maybe that's coming that, that you need to pray for, that you need to share the word with. It might be a stumbling block. <laughs> but it might save their lives. Because life is so short. And we realize this every year. Don't want to be a downer. There's a lot of whistles and bells and this is a festive season. But it means nothing if you lose someone in this season. There's so many people in this city that needs Jesus. I'm going to ask the band to, to come up so long. It might be that, that you, you need to forgive someone, just like Stephen did. Maybe it was that family member that, that grieved you, that said something. Was it really worth it? They didn't throw you with stones, <laughs> but Stephen could forgive. Maybe it is just inviting someone, just loving on someone. If you are here today, and I'm holding this here, because this is your time. For some of us, it's a little bit shorter than others. We don't know. But it's short in comparison to all of eternity. What else? I'm going to ask everyone to just bow their heads. If you are here and you have not given your heart to Jesus, if you are here and you haven't made Him your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you to put up your hand. If you are here and you went off the rail, there's people praying for you. The time is short. I see that then. I see that then. I'm going to ask you to be so bold. Everyone that put up their hand. Or maybe you haven't and you know you must. Maybe it's someone that, that went off the rail and they need to get back to Jesus. I need you to come to the front. I want to publicly pray for you right now because this is the best decision you're going to make you're never too old you're never too young time is short I'm going to ask you to come everyone that put up their hands come to the front I want to pray for you please come to the front 
Let's give them an applause. This is the best decision you could make. Oh, Jesus. Thanks for joining us for today's message. Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times, or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.